ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಮಸ್ವಿ ಸಮಸ್ತಿಶಾವಹೈ any questions from uh, previous class at all about desires and emotions does anyone need me to cover a recap or shall we start chapter i'm happy with chapter 7 starting with okay. everyone all right with that then yeah yeah yes, please good so this chapter it starts getting deep now can everyone see me and hear me okay yeah yes okay uh rajesh bella would you turn your mic off and sunil anita uh just turn your mic on if you need to um ask a question just so there's no interference You've turned video off as well. Okay. Is it off now? Yeah. Uh, no. It's okay. I'm not getting any noise from your mic. Anyway, you're quite far off. That's fine. All right. So this chapter. Now we start getting to depths of this uh, book, and uh, here on, um, it, 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 it gets quite deep, as you may have. Um, got from reading it um yeah so you're going to have to uh, do a little bit more reading before class to understand it so it's called light of wisdom what's wisdom knowledge when knowledge turns when when you take knowledge and you live by that knowledge it's called wisdom yeah knowledge on its own is not wisdom only when you live by it it's called wisdom yeah and everyone understand the difference you know you're not supposed to go out stay at home that's knowledge when you follow it that's wisdom if you keep going out then you have the knowledge but not the wisdom that's just simple terms yeah So Sittle's going to read and then we're going to discuss but the main topic is about the self now we're talking more and more about the self from and god first paragraph there is but one reality the supreme from beyond the sphere of time space and causation though all pervading god is located in the self within just as a government spread all over the country is located in its capital the philosophy of vedanta gradually instills the knowledge of the self by which you transcend the limitation of your body mind intellect 
and merge with your Supreme Self. You regain your infinite being. Could everyone hear uh, Sittle? Just nod. Okay, great. So what's this uh, um, paragraph saying is that there is only one reality. We say Brahman, the layman says God. There's no difference. It's just a different name for that reality. Yeah. If, ever, if any of you have questions, just raise your hands, yeah? And then you can put your mic on when I call your name. So there's only one reality. We say Brahman, people say God, uh, Allah, many different names. But that's only just one reality. God is described as being everywhere. It said omni. It said uh, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. Meaning, God is everywhere. It's beyond time, space, and causation. What is uh, time, space, and causation? What signifies time, space, and causation? Anyone? Time, space, and causation is the qualities of the world. If you think about what the world is made of, time, everything, there's a beginning of time, and we're experiencing time as we speak. Space, space all around us, and causation cause and effect. This, if you think about it, is what the world is made of. Without these qualities, there is no world. Does everyone understand that? This is the quality of the world, time, space, and causation. So we're saying God is beyond that. We only understand the world. We only understand time, space, causation. It's difficult for us to understand God who is beyond this world. Our knowledge is only based on this world. So therefore, to understand God, we have to put in effort, think beyond the world. So Brahman, God is beyond the world, but Brahman is also in the self within. So we don't have to go beyond the world. We don't have to look far. Saying Brahman is within us as well, some the self. Self, Atman, Brahman, it's the same thing. It's within us as well. So if it's all pervading, meaning it's everywhere, then it means it's in us as well. So this philosophy we are studying, Vedanta, as we study it, it gives you the knowledge of the self, Brahman. And with this knowledge, you can then go beyond your body, mind, and intellect, which is the only thing that you, as a human being, understand. And when you get this knowledge, you're able to think beyond your body, mind, intellect. You're able to connect with the self that's inside. And when you do that, you merge with the self. You become one with the self. And this is your true personality, your true identity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Going to have to put your thinking caps on today. But Wednesday we have the group discussion, so you can always read and then come back on Wednesday and we can have a, like a discussion on these topics.
So what Vedanta is saying is that you are not this person that you think you are, this body, mind, intellect. Deepa, you're not Deepa. Rajeshambela, you're not Rajeshambela. It's just a name. This body, mind, intellect, that's not you. This is a limited person. You are infinite, an infinite being. But the problem is we have lost this identity. We've taken a different identity. Hema, you're Hema now. You've forgotten that you're infinite being. You're the self. So now you only answer to Hema. Nothing else. Anita, you don't know the self. Only when Sunu says Anita, then you listen. If he said, if he calls you by the self, you wouldn't understand. So we have lost that. This is what they're saying. So this knowledge helps us to find our true personality, which is the self, Brahman, God. So we're going to discuss this now, go into it more deeper. How did we lose it? Why did we lose it? How do we get it? This is what we're going to talk about. Any questions? Okay. Ignorance of the one reality rejects the pluralistic phenomena of the world, just as the ignorance of a rope lying in the dark rejects an illusory snake, which is the reality Brahman alone that appears to you as the universe. The creation of the universe, therefore, is brought about by the ignorance of your intrinsic primal nature. With the dawn of knowledge of your true self, the entire world falls back. You merge with the supreme all-pervading reality. So why did we lose that? Why have we lost our identity? Ignorance of the one reality projects the pluralistic phenomena of the world. Remember what I said uh, on Wednesday, ignorance means lack of knowledge, nothing else. Yeah? So it's saying due to the ignorance of one's true nature, the self, we project the world. The world is Brahman. The world is projected upon Brahman. But due to our ignorance, we are unaware of this. With the knowledge of the self, we understand and remove our ignorance, which allows us to rejoin the supreme reality. So what does this say? We project the world because we're ignorant of the self. It's hard to understand, but I'm going to explain in more deeper. This world is projected by us because we don't know who we really are. And this world is projected on Brahman. What does that mean? I'm going to explain in a second. But with the knowledge that we're gaining, that we're studying, we will remove that ignorance. And when we remove that ignorance, we are able to join with our true personality, the self. So what does this mean? So imagine, sorry, Sunil, Anita, I've got you on the screen as a big picture. I don't know how to get rid of it. So I'm going to use you as an example. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to you because my whole screen has only got you in there. And I don't want to press any buttons accidentally. But 
let's say you're both walking in the dark on the street and suddenly Anita, you have a phobia of snakes yeah suddenly you say to Sina, look there's a snake there's a snake you know guys it can't be we're living in kenton man how can there be a snake in kenton yeah they said no there it is there it is so you go near and he sees Sunil goes near and you see something lying on the floor. It's six foot long, four inches thick, brown in color. As you go nearer, you see it is not a snake, but a rope. You're all with me. Yeah, everyone with me? It's a rope. You tell Anita, look, it's not a snake, it's a rope. As your partner Anita comes cautiously, comes closer, she sees that actually it is a rope and not a snake. Correct? You with me? So until she got the knowledge of the rope, she thought it was a snake and was scared, frightened. So we can say the snake was projected on the rope. Correct? The snake is also six foot long, brown, four inches. So it's easy to think that it could be a snake. Yeah, you're with me. But it wasn't a snake, it was a rope. So we can say that, that the snake was projected on the rope. You all with me? But it was the ignorance of the rope, lack of knowledge that it was a rope, that created the snake. It's very important that you understand this example. Please clarify if you don't understand or if you want me to repeat. You understand, Sanu, Anita? Anita, do you understand? Until you knew it was a rope, you thought it was a snake. But once you got the knowledge that it actually is a rope, but it looked like a snake, you realize actually, no, it's just a rope. So you were ignorant of the rope before, lack of knowledge. Similarly, we can say the world is projected upon the supreme reality. Brahman, like the snake is projected on the rope. The rope is the reality. The snake is the illusion. Similarly, the world is created by us due to the ignorance of the one reality, Brahman, God. Brahman, God is the reality and this world is the illusion. Now it's hard to get your head around this. But it's the same as the snake and rope. We see the world because we don't have the knowledge, the ignorance of Brahman, the self. But this world is Brahman, the self. But we can't see it. Why? Because we don't have the knowledge. If Sunil didn't tell Anita that that is a rope, she would have crossed the road and got carried on. And she would have still think it was a snake but only because of the knowledge of the rope, she realized it was a rope and not a snake, correct? Similarly, this world is God, Brahman, but we cannot see it as Brahman God. We see it as the world. We see it as the snake because we don't have knowledge of the Brahman, which is what we're doing now. Bella, does that make sense? Bella, you got a question? Okay. Any questions? Any clarifications? It's really important that you understand that.
The example makes it a bit more clearer. So we see the world, not God. This world is God, but we see the world. Why? Because we have, we're ignorant of God. So as we get knowledge of Brahman, God, we slowly start seeing the world as God and not the world. This is the whole journey. That's why we need this knowledge to see. See, otherwise you'd be snared, you're scared of the snake. Similarly, we're scared of the world. COVID-19 now, we're scared of the world because we don't understand it. Is that clear? This is, it's very important to understand this uh, particular example, because it's gonna come up a lot in, as we go along in the book. So no, does that make sense? We see the world, not Brahman. Just like we see the snake, not the rope. Until we get knowledge of the rope, then we see the rope and not the snake. Similarly, as we get the knowledge of God, Brahman, through the study of this subject, we start seeing the world is God and not the world. So the world is created by us. It's a projection due to the ignorance of Brahman God. Brahman God is the reality and this world is the illusion. So we just need to get knowledge, that's all. And then we'll see the world for what it is. And as we get this knowledge, slowly we see the world for what it really is and we then eventually become one with our true self. This is self-realization. Any questions? Ravi, you okay? Next paragraph. So for us now, before we go to the next paragraph, it's really important we understand that paragraph. Otherwise, we'll just get deeper and deeper of not, not, not understanding. Okay. So can you read three and four? She's going to read chapter, uh, paragraph three and four, if you're following. Ignorance of self keeps you in darkness all through your life, groping in the self-created, deluded world. You get the knocks and shocks of life. Imagine yourself moving about in a room plunged in darkness. You would strike against nicks and notches, fittings and furniture, and injure yourself. So too you grope in ignorance in the world and suffer the pangs of sorrow and misery. The solution to this problem is to bring light into the room, the light of wisdom into your bosom, mm -hmm. Gain the knowledge of your supreme self. It is ignorance that converts the kingdom of heaven into a variable hell. You may use your body to enjoy sensual pleasures, your mind to indulge with emotional joys, your intellect to entertain with knowledge. They might give you some temporary satisfaction, no more. These material equipments cannot provide you with enduring peace and happiness. The knowledge of self alone can reach you 
to that eternal abode of bliss. So the ignorance of this Brahman self keeps us in the world. As we said before, we see the world, not Brahman. So lack of this knowledge keeps us in the world. We are caught up in the world. We don't understand anything beyond our body, mind and intellect. So we're affected by sorrow and suffering of life. What is this sorrow and suffering? The problem is that we get used to the sorrow and suffering. So we think it's normal. This is the problem. We get used to it. We're all used to it, relatively. So we don't know actually what true happiness is, because we've never tasted it. They're saying it's like walking around in darkness. Imagine a room that's completely dark. And you're walking around, it's got furniture, it's got tables, chairs, and you're knocking yourself with all this tables, chairs, and furniture and hurting yourself. The same thing that's happening to us in the world, he's saying. We are being hurt by our ego, by our body, mind, intellect, name, fame, power. He said that, she said this. All these things are our knocks and shocks of life. So how do we get around that? Then in the room, it's dark. How do you find your way around in the darkness? Anybody? How do we find ourselves? You seek the light or you switch on the light switch or light a candle. Someone gives you a torch or you, you, find, you can't find a light switch because it's dark. So you get a torch, you get a bit of light, then you can navigate, isn't it? So you bring some light. Similarly, you bring some light into your life. The light is wisdom, knowledge. Same as the torch gives you light in the dark room to get around, this knowledge acts as the light in your life. That's why it's called light of wisdom, this chapter. So to stop getting affected in the world, you need to get knowledge of the self, knowledge of your true personality. You're not this body, mind, and intellect. You are the self. This world is Brahman, and you are also Brahman. Remember, imagine remembering that while you're acting in the world. What's going to affect you? This is the light of wisdom we're looking for. So right now we're getting these knocks and shocks, but we're so used to it. Yeah, it's okay. We get over it because we're used to it. Once you understand this, once you realize the snake is not a snake, but a rope, you're no longer affected by it. You're no longer scared of it. So we need to get the knowledge of the self in order to remove our ignorance. Only this will help us from this bondage in the world and attain eternal happiness. The problem is that we're so used to it, we, we don't realize we're bonded, bonded to the world. We earn some money, you know. We have a good life that we think is good. 
So we think, yeah, everything's all right. What bondage? I'm not bonded. It, but it's only when something goes wrong then you realize something happens and we have no control over. Then we realize, actually, I was happy, but it was limited. Something's happened now. I've lost that happiness, isn't it? It doesn't take a lot in the world to get to that stage. In saying right now, we're using the body to get sensual pleasure, the mind for emotional joy, intellect to enjoy with knowledge. But this pleasure we get using these equipments, our material equipment is temporary, not permanent. It cannot give you the peace and happiness we're looking for. Only the knowledge of the self, your true personality can bring the permanent happiness in our life. So because we've not experienced it, we don't realize it. That's the problem. But as you gain the knowledge and you become more immune to things happening in the world, less affected, then you're becoming more happy. You're not affected right now because you're affected, the happiness is short lived. But the less, when you're not affected, when you use this knowledge and you're not affected, then the happiness is sustained more. Right now, we're dependent on the world for happiness. Everything goes well, my children get good grades, they get married, their partners are good to them, they have two children, they must be good, then we are happy. Huh? So everything's dependent on the world. Nothing's in our control. But if these things don't happen, then I'm unhappy. That's not a way to live. Isn't it? So they're saying that this isn't, you're relying on the world. It's not true happiness. Because it only takes one thing for happiness to come into your life. It's not how a human being should be. So what's to do? What to do? Ravi, you're on my uh, main main screen now. So what do you do? You um, see through. You, you. What do you do? You you increase your knowledge to see through um, and not be affected. Affect. And to a certain degree, it's also saying not to be guided by your emotions. Yeah. So if you're controlling your emotions, you're less likely to be unhappy because you're not reacting to the situation without thought or without using your intellect. So if you go deeper than that, yeah. what's there to remember? Reduce attachment. Reduce attachment. It's change. Last of Chapter Mamkidutu, reduce your attachment. It's not real. It's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> it's remembering that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what to do, you'll be affected, trust me. <laughs> I try not to get affected anymore. You can't tell him, hey, this is illusion. Say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you're, you're there. <laughs> See, ultimately, what do you need to do? Anyone? Find the light. Find the light. Yeah, we're looking. Yeah, you're looking for the light. We're, 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 we're looking for the light. Always look within, as they say. That's what you're seeking, is look within, within yourself. Yes. 
See, stop identifying with this body, mind, intellect. See, Ravi, you said stopping affected emotionally. That's one component. What about the other two components? Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, remember, I'm not this body, mind, intellect. I'm the self. The self is infinite, all pervading. It's not affected by the world. See, if you remember that, then you're nothing will affect you, or less will affect you. Whenever you remember, some situation happens, that thought comes to your mind, you're not affected by it, or you're affected less by it, depending on your development. Yeah, does everyone understand? Just remembering that. We'll, we'll work, we'll, later on it tells you how to remember that. So Vedanta gives you this knowledge so that you can get back to the self. All knowledge that teaches you to get back to the self is called yoga in Sanskrit. Any knowledge that helps you to remember the, your true personality, that you are the self, is called yoga. In Sanskrit, it's called yoga, and in the West, it's called religion. The yoga is not standing on your head or postures. Yoga means to join. Also, religion means to join. See, if religion is uh, pronounced as re-legare in Latin. It's a Latin word. Re means back again. Legare means to join. So it means that we have separated from something. We have separated from our true personality. So Vedanta, knowledge of the self, yoga, religion, is all help to join back to what you have separated from. So they're all religions are saying you're separated from something. That's why they are all there. God is there. God will be with you. God is supporting you. God in Christianity. You are God, but you've separated from that. You now think you are this body, mind, intellect. So all these knowledge, religions help you to get back there. That's all. Emma, understand? This is what we're doing. Any questions? The so yoga means to reunite, to rejoin. But it's been misused now, you know, as postures. Somebody in the West or someone said, oh, yoga, that means uh, postures. It's not. The true meaning of it is to, jo to join. Join from what you have separated from, your true personality. Ignorance of self generates endless desires. The desires develop into several modifications like greed, lust, delusion, arrogance, envy, hatred, anger at the gross level or into aim, ambition, aspiration at the subtle level. All these passions hold you a hostage to the world. You are therefore bound in the terrestrial realm of desire and ambition. The way out of your bondage and consequent suffering is to dispel the darkness of ignorance. The knowledge of yourself provides the light of wisdom 
which discharge this discharges your desire and worldly communities. This light glows eternally within you. Light you are. You need not seek or pray for light. You gain the light through study, reflection, contemplation upon the truths of life laid down in the Dhamma. Approach them freely, independently. With no bias, let your intellect examine, analyze, and accept the truths on their own merit. The process of learning will gradually unveil the self within. The knowledge of self thus dispels ignorance, resurrects your divine being. So what's it saying is, these desires are created, we, we, we uh, discussed in the last uh, chapter, Desires are created due to the ignorance of the self. These desires can change into greed, lust, hatred, anger at the gross level or at the subtle level, ambition, aim, aspiration. This is, that's what keeps us bonded to the world. I'm not going to go into desires because we've already gone through it, but desires are created due to the ignorance of of the self. Vasanas are created because of that. That's why we have the three yogas. They help us to reduce our desires, therefore reducing the bondage to the world. No one understands this. That's why people are beaten by the world, sorrow and suffering due to this ignorance. See, Vedanta is a word. It comes from the Vedas. The Vedas teaches you how to live life. At the end of the Vedas is the Upanishads, the knowledge, the philosophy. This is what we're studying. There's no name to the Vedas. We don't know where it comes from. Some people say it was given by God. It's the teachings of self-realized people, and there's no name to it. But this is what we're teaching. So Vedanta is just another word made up for the Upanishads, which comes from the Vedas, which is the highest knowledge known to man. In fact, they say that most religions come from the Vedas, They've taken a small portion of the Veda and turned it into a religion. So we get attached to everything. And this is what causes pain and suffering, as Deepa said, become less attached. But we don't stop because we don't know anything else. We only know how to get attached. We don't know anything else. This is our life. That's why we need this light of wisdom. Otherwise, we're suffering all the time. Look, it doesn't mean you have to drop the person or object. Just it's a mental attitude, as we said mentally detached. You can have everything you have and you can get more. But it's that mental attitude. Yeah, it's here, it'll be gone tomorrow, doesn't matter. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to attach myself to this object or being. See, object can, you can have a brand new Aston Martin, you park it and someone can nick it or someone can smash it. It's out of your control. 
you know, you're attached to your partner, uh, family, friends. Right now, COVID is on. We don't know anything can happen. But this attachment is what causes us the problems. It's a mental attitude. So only this knowledge of the self relieves us from the attachment to the world. How? Regular study, contemplation, reflection on the truths of life. This is the knowledge. Free from any preconception. Don't think, don't just read and accept what it is if it makes sense to you. If it doesn't make sense, you leave it. Come back to it when it does make sense. It may never make sense, then it's fine. No one said it has to make sense to you. It all depends on your own intellect. So you just read in the morning, think about it. If it makes sense, agrees with your intellect and accept and apply it in your life, turn it into wisdom. If it doesn't, then leave it. Only this will help you achieve your goal as a human being in this life. This is what it's saying. So it's imperative that you start at least a experiment with the knowledge. See if it works for you. See if, it, if you experiment with a little bit of it and it works for you, then it will give you more emphasis, more um, to feel, yes, this bit's work. Let me try something else. That's how you will, you have to test the knowledge, apply it. Don't leave it just as knowledge. If you learn something, see, apply it in your life. Like we're saying, study a paragraph every morning and see how it makes a difference in your day. Try it. At least you've tried it. Any clarifications? Any questions? Sittle has a question. Yeah. In the paragraph, it says, um, um, you gain the light through study, reflection, and contemplation upon the truths of life yeah. laid down in Vedanta. So, what are the truths of life? Did everyone, Did everyone hear the question? She, she asked that. Uh, what are the truths? Of what life? are the truths of life? What are the truths of life? I ask you, the group, what are the truths of life? We are made of the body, mind, and intellect. Who said that? Me, <laughs> sorry. I only got your mom's face on the screen now. You see, <laughs> put mine next to it. <laughs> Absolutely. We are made of the body, mind, intellect. Yeah. Truths of life. What else? The self is within us. Self is within us. Yes. See all these many truths of life. The world's an illusion. To bring suffering. So what was that? Someone said something? I said this world's an illusion. World is illusion. Trust me, if you remember that one, you don't have anything else. And desires and vasanas. Desires and vasanas, truths of life, yes. I'm born with these vasanas, these desires. 
My husband has these vasanas and desires. No matter what I say, I can't change that. Truths of life. Guys, you can uh, look after me later, yeah? <laughs> these are truths of life, isn't it? Vasanas, desires. So when you study these things, you grow wisdom. But you have to approach them independently. Don't have any preconceptions. Study it for what it is. You don't have to go to look for this. You don't have to pray for this. It's inside you. You don't have to go to a temple church. It's inside you. Just have to See, we go every, we're looking for everywhere except for where it is inside. Closest it is is inside. Everywhere else is, fur, is, is, is further away. So why not just look inside? Does that help you answer the question? Sure. Mm. Yeah. Truths of life could be anything. Just understanding, ultimately, as Deepa said, this world is an illusion. That's the ultimate truth. Cause and effect. That's another truth. If you understand cause and effect, you reap what you sow. Truths of life. This world is made of time, space, causation. Truths of life. So there are many truths of life. Whatever is laid down in the knowledge. Any other questions, clarifications? See, we're so lucky. Everything's laid down for us. We just have to put in a little bit of effort. They've all laid it down for us. These are the truths. This is what you need to do. This is how you do it. This is where it is. We have to put in a little effort just to uh, understand it. Not much. Can't make it simpler for us. So, so then it says, uh, let your intellect examine, analyze, and accept the truths on their own merit. Mm -hmm. So they have their own merit? Yeah, the fact that um, you realize, you accept that it's a truth of life, you experiment with it. The merit is, is, is that it's real. On their own oh. merit, meaning don't have any preconceived ideas. But merit is kind of, so if I'm thinking of what a merit is, a merit is something that you accept as being a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's the merit, right? So the fact if that we're thinking of the truths of life, mm -hmm. they've all been kind of negative as such. Yeah, apart from the one that we are the self. That's the merit bit I can understand, but it's saying about accept the truths on their own merit. So, meaning that don't have any preconceived ideas, accept it, look at it objectively, truths of life. Don't add any of your own notion to it. But the truth. So, for example, if we're thinking about the list of truths of life that we've just gone through, it's very subjective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you might think of something very differently to me because of my 
body, mind and intellect that is flowing yeah. through this process. And therefore the merit is very different. See, it all depends on your own intellect and development and where you are in, in your own spiritual path. For example, attachment causes suffering. Now, someone who's, who doesn't have never come across this subject, you tell them that, they'll think, what are you talking about? I'm not attached to anything. They don't understand. Attachment brings suffering. They have no understanding of it. But you can experiment with that. You understand attachment brings suffering. Yeah, you can, you can think about it. And it's been laid down here. It tells you that attachment brings suffering. You can experiment and, and um, think about it for yourself. About all the things you're attached to. And those are the merits. Because your own understanding. But the truths are the truth. Everyone will have their own preconceived ideas saying, saying, just examine it for what it is. Cause and effect. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what you need to get from this is to say that you just analyze what has been said. If it makes sense to you, accept it. If it doesn't, leave it. Yes, because one thing about this knowledge is it cannot be forced on you. Anything forced doesn't work. We're not saying you have to accept it. You only accept it when it makes sense to you. Otherwise, it's pointless. It's just blind faith, which all religions are doing at the moment. Or have done. You better accept this, otherwise this will happen to you, that will happen to you. No. You accept it if it makes sense to you. Only then it will be turned into wisdom, only then you live by it. Otherwise you, you accept it because out of fear, if something will happen to me if I don't accept it. No, that's not right. You accept it when it makes sense to you. Is, it, is that clear to everyone? Yeah. Only then you will grow, otherwise you won't grow. The answer should come from inside you, what's right and wrong. Any other questions? Clarifications? Knowledge and ignorance differ in degree, not in kind. The higher rung of the ladder is knowledge, while the lower is ignorance. They are relative terms like light and darkness. Light and darkness are also different in degree, not in kind. The electric light is bright compared to the dullness of candlelight. The same electric light becomes dull. Apropos. Apropos. The brilliance of sunlight. Light and darkness, knowledge and ignorance, therefore, are like the positive and negative terms used in mathematics. Along the x-axis, or y-axis, a point is said to be positive with reference to its negative side. The same point becomes negative with reference to its positive side. Similarly, the knowledge you possess is considered as knowledge only with reference to the lower level of knowledge. The same would be viewed as ignorance with reference to the higher level of knowledge. Therefore, all knowledge acquired in the world falls in the realm of ignorance, vis-a-vis. -vis. 
the absolute knowledge of the self. Thus, when you attain the st state of self-realization, your ignorance is completely wiped out. You become totally free from desire, suffering, and sorrow. You attain the abode of everlasting bliss. Hence, the reality discovered in your Supreme Self is said to be absolute existence, knowledge, bliss. So this, this paragraph sounds complicated, but isn't actually. Yeah, Don't uh, think too much into it. All it's saying is that whatever you know now, your knowledge you have right now is relative with reference to it higher. So, so any knowledge below what you know is ignorance. So example, I'll give you, we all know something about everything. For example, you know not, you have the knowledge of how to check the oil level, water level in your car engine, yes? You have knowledge. But compared to a man, mechanic who services your car, you're in ignorance, isn't it? Does that make sense? You have knowledge, but compared to mechanic, it's ignorance. You have knowledge on how to cook Indian food. But compared to the knowledge of the chef cooking Indian food in a Michelin star Indian restaurant, you're in ignorance. That's why you go there to eat his food, isn't it? So you have knowledge, but compared to somebody else, you're in ignorance. So what it's saying is that any knowledge pertaining to the world is ignorance compared to the knowledge of the self. That's all it means. Knowledge of the one reality. Anything in the world, knowledge is ignorance. Because it's a different kind of knowledge. No knowledge in the world can help you understand the self. It's a different kind of knowledge. So we are all in ignorance until we gain the knowledge of the self. Does that make sense? But that's why we need to get this knowledge to wipe out our ignorance. And if you reach the state of self-realization, when you reach that state, all ignorance is wiped out. You're totally free from desire because desire is to do with the world. Now you have gone past that stage. You have knowledge of the true personality, your true self. Once you get that, any knowledge in the world doesn't interest you. Doesn't interest you. And if you learn how to be a Michelin five-star cook, normal rotli shak, you wouldn't be interested in anything. So you'll be saying, I want this, I want that standard. Not this rotli shark. Every day he'll want that. That's the difference. He's tasted the higher. Similarly, once you gain the knowledge of the self, you taste the higher. You're not interested in anything in the world. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, Ravi. So is it also then saying, obviously, as you gain knowledge, you should always keep pursuing knowledge because the knowledge you've gained becomes ignorant over time effectively if you're not moving on so 
any knowledge you've got today, any knowledge we're learning today, it, it should encourage you to keep moving as a goal to a certain degree by understanding that the more you're moving knowledge-wise, you don't become stagnant and then hence the knowledge you have today, you've got to realise that is ignorance to yes. moving forward. So until before this class started, you were in ignorance of certain parts of this topic. But now that you've gone through the class, we're explaining, we're discussing together, you're less of in, in ignorance. You have more knowledge of the self. You have more knowledge of your um, path of what you need to do as a human being. Yeah. So that's deface some ignorance by gaining some knowledge. And ultimately, this will carry on until you hit, hit, hit that uh, state of understanding the self 100%. You're one with the self. So this will carry on many lifetimes maybe until you get to that goal. Or maybe this lifetime. It all depends. None of us know what's uh, cause and effect. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Great. Yeah. Right. You have to keep continuing moving. You're going, to, you're going to Scotland. Just because you got to Birmingham doesn't mean you stop. You haven't reached your goal yet. Your goal is Scotland. You can't say, I've gone this far. It's okay now. There's no, because you started off with the goal of being, getting to Scotland. So you are the self. This is your original nature. So the whole journey is to get there. Any other questions? Okay, uh, you need to read seven and eight. The infinite state of existence, knowledge, bliss is your eternal being, your intrinsic nature, yourself, Atman, which you constantly refer to as I. I am a child, I am a boy, I am a man, I am an old man. I perceive, I feel, I think. I am the person in the waking state. I am the person in the dream. I am the person in sleep. The I never leaves you. The self has been with you forever. You can never lose it. Nevertheless, you believe you have lost yourself. You feel bound by the limitation of your body, mind, and intellect, and persecuted by the ever-changing world. This is an erroneous belief. The truth remains that you are eternally free, never bound, never harassed by the world. All the bondage and harassment you go through are as imaginary as that of your dream. You may dream that you, are suffering from penury and starvation, but it is all your imagination brought about by the ignorance of your waking state. Similarly, the suffering and sorrow of this waking world that you complain of, complain of is just another projection of your mind, a result of your ignorance of the self. Your self is absolute, immaculate, ever blissful. 
You are, you are ignorant of your supreme being. You have hypnotized yourself to believe you are the body, mind, and intellect. And take upon yourself their limitations and ordeals. Imposed a self-inflicted suffering and sorrow. This is ridiculous, absurd. You must put in all your effort to dehypnotize yourself by asserting your real self. The body, mind, and intellect are mere vestures enveloping your supreme being. They are your possessions. They belong to you. You are the immaculate self. You must assert and regain your essential nature. Become your supreme self, ever free, ever blissful. That's all you need to do. That's everything. It's impossible. She said it's impossible. That's so That's crazy. Look, even if you're in the deep, you have to swim. You are the self. This is your original nature. The state of absolute happiness, knowledge and bliss. You've always been the self, it's saying. But you choose to identify with the body, mind, intellect. Your material personality. And now, therefore, you've forgotten this. This is all it's saying. So now you think you've lost the self. You know nothing about it. And therefore you're bound in the world. Saying you're not bound in the world. You have not lost yourself. It's just ignorance that makes us feel this way. We go through three states of consciousness. What are the three states of consciousness? Ravi, because you're on my screen. Three states of consciousness. The waken. Waking, which is right now. I hope everyone's awake. <laughs> the dream. Yeah. And then um, the deep sleep. Deep sleep. Yeah, deep sleep. We go through deep, deep consciousness. All three are different, but the eye is always there. I had a good sleep. I had a bad dream. I'm now awake. The eye is always there. We say, I'm a child, I'm a boy or girl, I'm a man, I'm an old man, old woman. I feel, I think, I am the person in the dream. I am the person in the waking state. Who is this I? Yeah, you're saying I is all this thing. So who is I then? We use this word every day without thinking about it. Emma, who's the I? Emma, who's the I? Yourself, self The self. See, you're using it every day. I am cooking. I am cleaning. Who's this I? But you haven't lost the self. It's with you all the time. This is what it's saying. You've just forgotten about it. It's always with you. It's never left you. This is your true personality. Next time you say I, think about it. Who's this I? 
funny, isn't it? We, we use this word all the time, but we don't know what we're saying. Bella, why are you laughing? <laughs> we use this word every day, but we don't know what we're saying. But the I is the self. We've never, we've never left it. It is your true personality, it's saying. The pain we feel in the world is merely a projection of our mind. Just like the pain you suffered in the dream last night, it's no different. In the night, in the dream, someone was chasing you. You are running, you're sweating, you're scared. You wake up, you realize, oh, just a dream. No one was chasing me. I was in my bed all the time. What was I worried about? Same thing here in the waking world. Pain we feel in this world is merely a projection of our mind. No different from the dream. It's because of our identification with this waking world, with our body, mind, intellect, that we suffer from it. You identify with the self, there's no issues. So we said there's three states of consciousness, which Ravi kindly explained. But there's the fourth state, which is the state of self-realization. So this is where we're trying to get. If we get there, then this waking world is no different than the dream. No different. We've not tasted that. It's like shell of a nut. We need to identify with the kernel rather than the shell. You know pistachio, right? Right now we're only eating the outside shell. We haven't tasted a nut inside yet. And we're saying, oh, this is so hard to chew. It doesn't even taste nice. Why am I eating this? But you haven't tasted the inside, the nut itself. You're only eating the shell. This is how life is. So we need to taste the shell, the taste the nut. This is this is our goal. They so say right now we are so brainwashed and hypnotized, we think we are this person due to the lack of knowledge of the self. So we have to put in effort in gaining the knowledge to de-hypnotize ourselves. Right now we're hypnotized. I am this body, mind, intellect. My name is Rajesh Patel. I am a businessman. You think you are that. This is your hypnotized. As you gain the knowledge of the self, you de-hypnotize yourself. You're no longer Rajesh Patel, businessman. I am God, I'm Brahman. That's the state we have to get to. Ella, did you know you're married to God? But he doesn't know it, so it's all right. So the body, mind, intellect is just our possessions. Just like your car and house is your possession, your family is your possession, the body, mind, intellect is just like, just our possessions. They are not you. It's hard to get your head around this, isn't it? It's just 
Your, this personality is your possession. It's not you. Once you identify with your self, your true personality, nothing in the world will bother you. Not even this COVID-19 will bother you. You understand? We've done so much bad to the world. This is the effect the world is having on us. Nature is taking its course. Nature has been quiet. We've done so much. Nature hasn't said anything. Now it's his time to say, look, you did all this. This is my power. This is what I can do. This is the effect of everything you've done. You understand that, isn't it? This is, comes with knowledge. Cause and effect knowledge, then you understand why this is happening. You had enough or shall we finish this topic? Okay, there isn't much, so we'll just finish it, yeah? Is everyone all right? The Atman, your divine self, is the core of your person. It vitalizes your body to act and perceive, your mind to feel, and your intellect to reflect contemplate. The self is the abode of everlasting peace and bliss, yet you are unaware of it and stay disturbed, sorrowful. You behave like the lady who lamented, lamented the loss of her precious necklace. The lady was in great distress. She searched every nook and cranny of her house. Exhausted with her search, she sat down in a corner, weeping bitterly. Her husband found her in that pathetic state. He inquired as to the cause of her misery. She declared her terrible loss. Her husband was calm and composed. He looked at her rather confused and asked, what then is that around your neck? The lady glanced at it and felt abashed. She found her necklace, which was never lost. This, in short, is the plea of mankind. So he's saying, this lady, she thought she lost her necklace. She's looking everywhere for it. She came upset, sitting in the corner crying, I lost my diamond necklace. Husband said, what are you talking about? It's, in, it's around your neck. Hmm? All that pain she went through. This is exactly what we're doing. Saying this is exactly what we're doing. The Atman, Brahman, is the center of our personality. It livens us, allows us to see, feel, think, reflect, and contemplate. It is the home of eternal peace and happiness. Because we are ignorant of this fact, we go in the world looking for that happiness and peace, which is already inside us. And we get disturbed by the world. What we're looking for is not there. But this is what we're doing. Like the lady, she's looking for the necklace everywhere, except for where it is, around her neck. It's exactly what we're doing. And you'll never find it. 
Why? Because it's not there. How are you going to find it if it's not there? You're looking everywhere except for the place it is. Does that make sense, Stephen? So this knowledge helps you to find that necklace, which is around your neck, not in the world. That happiness, peace you're looking for. That's what it's saying. Until you don't believe it, it won't make sense. Until you practice and believe it, and you accept it, how? By evaluating your own life. What am I aiming for? What is my goal? How is that going to bring me happiness? Then what will happen? You have to evaluate your life and think about it. Then it will slowly make sense. Any questions? Does everyone understand the example now with the necklace? Yeah. Good. Do you think the necklace could represent everything that we're attached to? So, for example, in this case, it's a necklace, but it could be our family, our home, our health. So it could mean anything that we're attached to. Anything you're attached to and anything that you think will bring you happiness. So the necklace, right. She was unhappy because she didn't have the, she couldn't find a necklace. When she found it, then she found happiness. I understand that, but I'm just mm -hmm. thinking of what the necklace represents. Yeah. Any, any, anything you're looking for in the world to give you happiness, the necklace represents. If, um, yes, if, I'm, if I'm right understanding, it also means that you're searching externally for happiness and sometimes you're not looking at what you have in front of you or with you that you're constantly chasing things when mm. you need to step back and evaluate what you actually have and appreciate what's there. Yeah, that's another way of looking at it. Yeah. We're constantly looking in the world for our happiness. We're never satisfied. So we're never going to get to that, that satiation point where, yes, now I'm happy. It will never come. Even if you hit a hundred and you have all the money in the world, it still won't come. This is what they're saying. Until you find out who your true personality is. The world cannot fulfill that. Only the knowledge of yourself will fulfill that. Because that's who you really are. You're only feeding the body, mind, intellect, which is not you. Make sense? So this is what it's saying. Okay, we're nearly finished now. You wanna read the next paragraph? It just concludes now. Life's mission is to discover oneself, to gain the knowledge of self. You need to strive and struggle for it all by yourself. You may take the guidance of and saints, but must put in your individual effort. You cannot delegate this responsibility. None other than you can redeem yourself. 
You are your saviour, the oft-quoted pronouncement of the Gita. You must rise yourself by yourself. Therefore, must you work for the self. Be devoted to the self. Contemplate upon the self all through life. Spiritual practice is a full-time awareness of the reality, not a part-time ritual. So our mission in life is to discover the knowledge of the self and apply it to our life. We can only do this by putting our own effort. The Gita says, you must raise yourself by yourself. Reminds me of this story. There's a... This in, in, in India, you know, they have a, you have a chap who has a, who has a knocker worker. So he's working in the house and this guy, he doesn't do anything. The, the head of the house, he doesn't do any work. The knocker does everything. Cleaning, washing, cooking, and he's putting on so much weight, he's become unhealthy. So he calls a doctor. Doctor comes to his house saying, what's the problem? He says, yeah, I'm putting on weight, I'm unhealthy, I've got this problem. That one. He says, you got to do some yoga. So he gives him a set of postures and yoga exercise to do. He says, do this for a month and it, you'll, be, you'll be surprised how fit you become. He says, okay, fine. So what does he do every day? He tells his knocker, okay, Start doing this and I'll join you. So every day, he's not okay, he does it. 30 days pass and then the doctor comes back. He says, doctor, I tried this, but it didn't work. His, his knocker is fit and trim. This guy is the same, same size. So you can't get someone else to do this work. You have to do it yourself. This is the point he's trying to make. No one can do it for you. You have to put in the effort. You must raise yourself by yourself. Doesn't matter how rich, poor, whatever you are, effort has to come from you. We can get help from spiritual masters, reading, studying, the experience of self-realized selves, but ultimately we have to reach the goal ourselves by reflecting, contemplating on the self throughout our life. Spiritual practice is an awareness of the self throughout our day, our life, not a part-time practice. Meaning we don't just have to think about it once a week when we go to the temple or five minutes in the morning when we are doing a diva or something. It has to be a constant awareness. All the time it has to be in your head, in the back of your head. I am the self. It becomes like a prayer. Constant prayer. Like that song, you can't get out of your head. It has to become like that. Constant reminder. Anything you see must remind you of the self. Anything you feel must remind you of the self. Then you're practicing it. it becomes like a prayer. And when you find the self, you then realize the madness of it all. You had never lost it. You actually think you recognize it as you slowly develop. Oh, okay, this is who I am. 
It was, it was never lost. It was always there. But only a human being can do this. You're born as a human being so that you can achieve this. No other incarnation can do this. Remember on Wednesday's class, uh, on our group discussion, I said, to be born a human being, what are the odds? How many plants, animals there are in this world? Billions and billions. Compared to that, uh, how many bacteria there is? Um, how much living organisms there is in the world? Compared to that, we are minute infinitism. Population of human beings, seven billion. There must be more bacteria in, in your house than that. So to be born a human being itself, you've won lottery a hundred times. Then you waste it to not pursue the self to reach that state. It's a terrible waste. It's a very sad state of affairs. This is what they're saying. So you have to try and put in that effort. Make use of this human being incarnation. Okay. Last two paragraphs. Everyone's in their comfort of their homes, man. They don't have to. Might get a bit of a headache, that's about it. A human being alone has the potential to realize his divine self. No other creature is blessed with such faculty. Hence, one ought to utilize this proprietary power. Human development is measured by spiritual edification. edification and spiritual unfoldment marks the progress of true civilization. Material wealth, emotional well-being, or secular knowledge have little to do with it. These are no indication of progress in human beings. The so-called advanced nations of the world are far from advanced in the true sense of the term. The much talked of developed countries lack fundamental, fundamental human development. Present day civilization has gone off the rails. Modern civilized ones without self-development are but intelligent savages living in spiritual slums. So what this paragraph is saying is that in the world we measure development with material wealth. That is wrong. It is spiritual development that marks progress in a human being. So most people gather material wealth, intellectual wealth, knowledge, emotional pleasure, and these have bound mankind falsely to the world. People are lost in these perceptions. They think it's a sign of human development. I have this much knowledge on nuclear physics. I have this much money in my bank. I live in this house. You know how many people work for me? They think this is de development. They're saying this isn't development. You cannot measure it by this. We're like intelligent savages living in spiritual slums. This is no development. The world needs to wake up from this wrong judgment of the world. 
and awaken to the reality of one's true self. Does that make sense, everyone? USA, look, COVID-19, how many people? They're the number one country in the world, economically. Last paragraph. The world has been deprived of the essence of civilization. Civilization has come to mean mere material. Aggrandizement. Emotional excitement and intellectual enhancement. People are enslaved by the glamour of wealth and possession. Even princes, princes. and presidents have confined themselves in material compartments with the stench of artificiality and conventionality. Others have succumbed to superficial emotions only to render their minds restless and nervous. Some are lost in the labyrinth of secular, secular knowledge. knowledge. Humanity gropes in darkness. The world is caught up in false pomp and show of progress and advancement. Neither the government nor the governed are aware of this stern reality. The salvation of nations and individuals lies in realizing these False. falsities and awakening to the reality of the true self. That's it. Saying it's we're lost until we find out who we are. All this pomp in the world has no meaning. And it's most apparent at this moment in time, if you think about it. Doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you have in the bank. We're all victims at the moment, aren't we? Hmm? So what is that all for then? Something so small we can't even fight. It just goes to show, isn't it? Any questions, clarifications? But this is how it's gonna be now, the topics, they're gonna to be deep. So we've gotta now put in effort and start uh, at least uh, reading what we have covered today. If you read it a couple of times before next class, then you'll have a better foundation moving on. Yeah, if you can read every morning, brilliant, until you understand it. But even if you read once or twice before the next class, it will grow, the foundation will be stronger for you to understand future, future topics. Because it's difficult otherwise, it becomes abstract. Yeah? So at least start doing that. Just it makes your effort that you're putting in every Sunday morning makes it more worthwhile.